Psalm 77, verse 19 and 20 says, Your road led through the sea, your pathway through the mighty waters, a pathway no one knew was there. You led your people along the road like a flock of sheep with Moses and Aaron as their shepherds. The Bible says that God's path, God's road led through the sea. It led through the mighty waters. As a matter of fact, amen, it led right through the ocean, a pathway no one knew was there. When the Israelites left Egypt and they left everything behind, the Bible says that they crossed over the ocean, the Red, the, the Red Sea, on dry ground. Sometimes we, all we may see is an ocean. Sometimes all we may see is a sea of circumstances that we can't get through. But God provides a way where there seems to be no way. God provides an avenue. Amen. God paves the way. And so don't give up hope. I don't know what your situation is like this, this morning. It may be uncertainty. It may be the ambiguity of your circumstances, maybe the trial that you're going through or the storm that you find yourself in financially, spiritually, emotionally, physically. One thing is certain that Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life. He has plans for your life and his promise over you still stands. So it doesn't matter what storm you find yourself in. God will see you through. God will see you through. I want you to know that when it's all end, when the storm is over and when the trial has come, will you still be left standing? How many of you guys have problems? Every one of us has problems. Let me say something. The bigger your problem, the bigger your promise. Amen. The size of your promise reflects the size of your promise. The size of your problem reflects the size of your promise. The Israelites had a huge problem. They needed to get to the promised land, but yet there was an ocean in front of them and an army behind them. They had a huge problem. As a matter of fact, Aaron and Moses had over a million problems, and they were people, but Moses didn't see them as problems. He saw potential in them. Amen? Amen? Some of us, we look at each other and we say, man, we're a bunch of problems. No, we're all filled with God's potential. Amen. And I really believe that God is raising up a Caleb generation. A generation that has been on hold for too long. A generation that has been waiting for too long. Amen. They don't see giants. They see their land as promised to them. They don't see difficulties. They see challenges to overcome. They don't see impossibilities. They see limitless possibilities. They don't see the enemy surrounded about them. They see the army of the Lord of hosts at their shoulders. They don't desire the provisions found from a foreign king, Pharaoh. They see the promised land flowing with milk and honey. Caleb, it's time to rise up. It's time to take possession. Don't give up now. You've been waiting too long to give up now so put your eyes on your future 
So many times we put our eyes on our circumstances and we wonder, God, when am I ever going to get out of this situation? Lord, when am I ever going to get that new job, Lord? When am I ever going to get that promotion, God? Why does my car always keep breaking down? But I want you to know that God is about ready to do something in your life, amen, that you have been waiting for. We've been waiting for it and put on hold for too long. God says no more. So put your eyes on your future. God's promises a future hope for you. And the Bible says that you will not be disappointed. Today, I just want to challenge you to rise up to a new level. I want to challenge you to begin thinking, Lord, where is it that I'm going? Where is it, Lord, that you would want me to possess? Lord, where is it that you're leading me? Lord, I can't see your footsteps, but I know you've been here. Lord, I can't see your your track, but I'm on your trail. So many times we don't see God's footsteps, but we know he's been there. We know that he's been there. Every one of us is trying to get somewhere. We're all in a pursuit to something. Sometimes we find ourselves following his footsteps, even when they are not visible to the natural eye, yet he continues to lead the way. Walking in his invisible footsteps. The Israelites saw the land up ahead, But they couldn't see God and his footsteps. Few of them believed that it was out there. Few of them hung on to the promise. How many of us will hang on to that promise that God has given us? Promises for our children, amen, for future generations. Let me tell you something, that God did not bring the rock to this church just to have a church for our generations. I believe this church will be here for 100 or 200, even 300 years if the Lord tarries. But do you believe it? If you believe it, then you will start planting and sowing into this ministry because the future depends on your seed. The future depends on your seed. Amen. I see a church here lasting for over 200 years. If God tarries, the Israelites look back and they said, we want to go back to Egypt. Oh, because we had luxury and we had our needs met. Let me tell you something, that there's a land flowing with milk and honey. It's going to be difficult to get there. It's going to be challenging to get there. But you got to believe that God is taking us to a new place. You know, at The Rock, we're about rebuilding lives and restoring lives. You know, people, a lot of churches don't want to deal with broken lives. They don't want to rebuild people. You know what they want? They want ready-made Christians. Come and serve. Come and, you know, serve in our ministries. We have to go find them and restore them. You know, we're, you know, God has positioned us as a missional church in this community. Men from many different churches have come that have fallen on drugs, that have been addicted, that have been lost. They come, and God restores them in this place. God reaffirms them, and God gives them a new calling and a new hope, and they go back to their cities. A lot of times we never see them. So you're making a difference. You're making a difference. You know, there's not another church in this uh, community that, 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 you know, that takes the education of children seriously. 
Equipping them, discipling them, showing them the words of God. Did you know that your kids had the opportunity to have a face-to-face visit with Governor Susana Martinez? We went upstairs to the fourth floor and we walked in and the kids said, we want to go upstairs. Where is the governor's office at? I said, let's go. And on the way up the steps, I prayed, Lord, I hope we get an opportunity to see her. It was like one of those Nehemiah prayers, you know. We went up there, and we talked to the secretary, and she says, do you want to see her? She would love to come and see you guys. And the kids said, really? (laughs) And they all sparkled. And then they went and they asked her secretary, and they said, she's not here. She'll be back, come back in 30 minutes. But she wants to see you guys. And then we went back. And still, she wasn't there, but she does want to see you guys. I said, okay, God, if this is what you want, then you're going to allow us. And so the third time we went, they said, let us check and see if she's back. And then they came back and said, well, she's in a meeting, but she'll be right out. And every time that door would open, the kids were, you know, stand, because they told the kids, you know, you got to stand up when she walks in. And they would stand up, and everybody's ready for Susana Martinez. And she came out, and your children got to pray for her. Amen. They got to pray for her, and she said, how do you do this? And they said, just bow your head. And all the children that were gathered around prayed for her. And so I believe, amen, that our state, amen, is in the hands of God because your children prayed for her. I believe that this country is in need of a spiritual renewal. We're in need of a spiritual revival. We're in need of spiritual, uh, you know, affirmation to take place so that God's people can begin to do the things that we've been called to do. If the church would just rise up, then we could change the world. We could change Española. We could change the lives of people being broken. We can continue to serve those that no one else would dare serve. You know, over 20 years ago, many drug addicts weren't welcome into many churches. But now every church wants a drug addict in their church so they can say, we have a drug addict ministry. And let me tell you something, we're not the junkie church or the drug addict church. We're a heart, we're a church that has a heart for the down and out. We're a church that has a a heart for the tecato and the junkie and all those that are lost. And so bring them in, invite them in. Lord, we don't want to be known as a junkie church, but we want to know as a church that loves them. No matter where they come from, we're going to hug them. No matter where they come from, they belong here. So next time you hear someone say, well, you guys are a junkie church. That's why I don't go there. Say, no, we're a church that has a heart for them. We always had a heart for them, and we'll continue to have a heart for them. When God asked Adam, where are you? Adam replied, I'm hiding. When God spoke to Abraham... Abraham said, Lord, I'm here. You can either hide in the cave of your storm and shame, 
Or you can expose yourself to God and say, Lord, I'm here. Use me, God. Use me to lead many people that are stuck in a storm. Help me lead them out, Lord. Whatever their storm may be, here am I, Lord. I'm not going to hide. I'm going to expose my life to you, and I'm going to let you, God, lead me. Because people need a shepherd. People need someone to lead them out. People need someone that has the courage to draw them out. Some people need people with the voice to go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. Let him go. Let him go. This morning, I want to encourage you to turn on your spiritual GPS. How many of you guys know that many cell phones come with a GPS? As a matter of fact, if I turn mine on, it'll tell me that I'm at the rock at 919 North Riverside Drive. It was made for men. Because how many of you guys have been told by your wives, why don't you stop and ask for directions? Because men think they always know where they're going. Don't we? We always know that, oh, I looked at the map before we left. I've been here before. This looks familiar. Oh, I know where we're at. Don't you worry about it. I've had those times many a time. Turn around. Stop and ask somebody. Most recently, it was in Juarez this summer. I went to a dentist on an emergency visit. And me and my wife got up early in the morning, left the kids at home with my mom. It's about 4.30 when we drove away. So many times we don't realize what's out there waiting for us until it happens. So we drive into Juarez at around 10.30 and we're driving around and all of a sudden the streets to the dentist are blocked off and we get lost. And we didn't have a GPS that coordinates with Mexican territory. And my wife didn't say a word. She didn't say, we're lost, stop. She did a couple times, but not in a frantic way. But anyways, God alerted me to a vehicle. And I looked and I watched, and something wasn't right. And, you know, you can smell a thief when you see one. Just look at yourself. Farmers, right? I looked and I saw this vehicle, three guys sitting in it, and they were kind of hesitant. Looked like they were about ready to go into action. I didn't know what they were trying to do, but I realized something was going down. But then I looked up and I saw a police officer leading traffic, so then I just kind of relaxed. We were lost. And then I pulled behind this vehicle and I make an immediate right. Next thing I know, I'm being hit on the side and there's a gun in my face and a guy telling me to get out of my vehicle. And the next thing I know, I sped out of town and I found myself at the border and we realized quickly how soon our life was in the hands of these guys who wanted our vehicle, money, or even my wife. And just last week, a missionary Her and her husband were on their way out of Mexico. And they tried to take their vehicle, and because he wouldn't pull over, they shot and killed his wife. 
And so many times we find ourselves in situations and in places when we don't even know God is there, but he's there. Sometimes he's invisible. Sometimes you can't feel him. Sometimes you can't see him, but he's watching you. You may be about ready to be robbed or mugged or about ready to go into an accident or about ready to go into a hospital room. But he's there. Doesn't matter what your storm is. God is there. He will not let you down. And he will not let you go. If God's calling is on your life, no devil and no demon and no narco trafficker can touch you. All you may see around you is darkness, but the light will surely come back. All you may see is hopelessness. But hope will be knocking on your door. All you may see is impossibilities, but God is going to make a way possible where there seems to be no way. All you may see is an ocean to cross, but God knows there's a way through it. Now, if cell phones with GPSs were made for men, cell phones with mirrors were made for women. And I'll stop there. (laughs) All you may be looking at is your trial and your storm, but God is leading the way. You may not hear his footsteps or his feet, but he's still speaking. Can you hear his voice? Jesus said, my sheep hear and know my voice. My sheep know and hear my voice. When's the last time you asked God for directions? When's the last time you asked God to open your eyes so that you can see where he wants you to go? How many of you guys believe that this country needs direction from God? Unless we know where we should be leading, we will be swept away by the systems of this world. Families need direction from God. We need our men and our communities who understand the times that we are living in and know what we should be doing. There shouldn't be a family that doesn't have a purpose from God in this community. There shouldn't be a family that doesn't know where they're going. And if there is one, they need a man that will begin to lead their families because the future depends on it. So the Holy Spirit looks at your face right now. And he's saying, ask me for wisdom. Ask me for insight. Ask me for power. Have you asked him? Lord, where is the place that I should be leading? Lord, where are those lost sheep that are harassed and helpless that need a shepherd? Where are those, Lord, that are walking around in the desert without any direction? Lord, where can I go to lead them out? It may seem unforeseeable, but he has led you and placed you where you are in your current moment. But he will never lead you to a place where he cannot be found. He says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Have you been looking for God and haven't found him? Maybe we need to give him a little bit more of our heart. Amen. We need to give them a little bit more of our heart. Your situation may be difficult to bear, but he will see you through and pull you out because Sister Lucilia said this morning, he has called you by name. Yes. 
Amen. He's called you by name, and he's going to straighten it out, and he's going to pull you out. As a matter of fact, he's going to set it straight. He's going to set it straight. He's going to reveal himself to you in a powerful way. It may not be today. It may not be tonight. It may not be in the morning, but he will get you through, and he's going to pull you out of your ocean into the promised land. Isaiah 45, verse 2 and 3 says, I will go before you and make the crooked paths straight. I will break pieces of gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and the hidden riches of secret places that you may know that I, the Lord, who call you by name, am, capital A, the Lord God of Israel. God has a secret and dark place for you. As a matter of fact, there was no bronze iron that can keep you behind. God has a treasure for you and a secret and dark place. But will you be willing enough to break through? Will you be willing enough to stay on the path until he straightens it out? Some of us need a little bit of straightening out. So, during your trial, remember that your trial is only short and temporary. It's not going to be a trial forever. 2 Corinthians 4.17 says, For our light and momentary trials, your trials, yes, they may seem unbearable, but the Bible calls them light and momentary but he says, but they are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. And let me tell you something this morning. If you didn't have any trials in life, if you didn't have any problems, if you didn't have any, uh, you know, uh, uh, tribulations, you wouldn't be achieving towards your eternal glory. See, God prepares us for heaven through trials. God prepares us for our future glory through tribulations. But some of us, we've had it a little easy. Sister Celia said, God's going to come and take you out of your comfort zone. Our pastor's been through the trial. He's been through the person, you know, all these things. But God is not going to permit him to only be the only one. And so get ready, because there is a trial coming your way that's going to bring you closer to glory. Next time you go through a trial, say to yourself, I am achieving something I wouldn't achieve without this trial. There is a situation coming in your life, and God's going to test you to see if you'll stand through it. If you haven't been dependent on him, a trial will come your way so that he can teach you to depend only on him. At the end of your storm, he will come out with you. What happened with Lot? Your storm it's short and temporary. But God will see you out of it. God will see you through it. God will pull you out and refine you through the process. And you'll come out a better you at the end. Amen. He leads you and guides you by a shepherd 
through the storm. Some of us fall apart when we go through a storm. Some of us fall apart when we go through a trial because we're not leading or we're not being guided and led by a shepherd. The Bible says that he led the people of Israel with Moses and Aaron as their shepherd. Some of us need to get behind a shepherd to lead us to that new place. God has given us leaders during this time. God always appoints a leader whom we must follow. Who would have thought that God would have provided a way through the waters of the Red Sea? No one saw a trail, but they followed their leader. And as their leader followed God, God made a way. Maybe you've asked yourself, who can I turn to during this time? Yes, you can turn to God, but God has given us leaders. Like no other time before, we need to get behind men of God to lead us. So many times we want to be so independent on ourselves. And I believe that God was going to be positioning men behind Pastor Mike like never before. And those of us that haven't been willing to get behind him will be put to the back of the line because somebody else is coming up next. And so no longer will we be leading lives on our own. So turn to your neighbor and tell him it's time to cross over to the other side. It's time to get behind the man. It's time to get behind the man that is leading us. It's time to get behind him because God has a place and a purpose for our life. Amen. God isn't done with us yet. God has a purpose and a future for you. So many times we get caught up in our trial that we forget God's purpose and plan for our life. This weekend I heard a powerful testimony about a child in our school who had been struggling in his former school. The child is a brilliant kid, but he was underperforming in school. He couldn't keep up with his teachers. He couldn't keep up with his assignments. As a matter of fact, he even confessed he'd rather be dead than to go to that school. He was going through a storm. He was going through a trial. And there seemed to be no way. There seemed to be not a solution for this family. Hardworking, disciplined family. With children with a bright future. Wondering, what do I do with my child? The teachers didn't want to spend the extra time to individually give the kid attention that he needed to succeed academically. And finally, someone realized there's the rock. They have a school. It's been a year since that child enrolled in our academy. And I don't know if his storm is over, but one thing is that he's come out of it. And the child is now academically succeeding. The child is now performing on his own because they stood with him through his trial and God led us to this child and provided a place for this child. And so many times we don't hear about those stories, but we've been a place that has brought people out of their storm 
in many situations. And I just thought you needed to hear that. Some people need a shepherd and they don't know where to turn to. Will they think of you during their hour of trial? Will they think of this church during their hour of trial? If we're no longer here, where will people turn to? If we're no longer here with doors open to take in those that no one else wants, then where will they go? If we're no longer here to provide a Christian education for children in our community who are going to fall by the wayside, then where will they go? Where will they go to find instruction of the Lord if we're no longer here? Let me tell you something, then as a church, we're not going anywhere. And the commitment that we need from you is that you would say, Pastor Mike, we're not going to let this church go anywhere else. We want this church here. We want to see the promise. We want to see God uh, touch more lives. We want to see more children educated with a Christian emphasis. So I'm going to plant seed. I'm going to continue to give sacrificially to make it happen. God is doing a new thing in our midst. It may seem like a trial or a storm that we cannot get ourselves out of, but God didn't ask for us to get out of the storm. He asked us to go through the storm alongside of him. And so many times we want a solution out of the storm, but God wants us to go through the storm because through the storm is how he accomplishes his purpose for our life. You know, worry has a way of taking all our attention, taking all our time, taking all our commitment. What did Jesus say? Don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. I believe that God is calling us to a new place of realizing why he has us here. So many of us haven't realized why God has positioned us. We come to church every week thinking, well, my church is going to be there. But unless we begin to, to give and to plant like never before, so we want you to realize that this place is not just for us. It's for future generations, for many people who will come with hurts, for many people who will come with burdens unbearable, for many people who don't have another place to turn to. This is sometimes the last place that they can turn to to find shelter, find a place that will equip them and disciple them to send them out. There will be a time of great trial and great persecution for your faith. The days are at hand. The devil has a plan to rob and steal what God has planted in your heart so that the seed planted in your life will not root and give birth to fruit. How many of you guys remember the story of the sower? The Bible says that Jesus told a story about the sower. He went around planting seed. 
Some fell on thorny ground. Some fell on rocky places. And some fell by the wayside. God doesn't want us no longer to plant seed by the wayside. He no longer wants us to plant seed by the thorn bushes or in rocky places. He wants you to plant seed in fertile ground. Because how many of you guys know that when you plant seed in fertile ground, it will produce fruit and fruit that will last. So many of us have been planting in the wrong places. Mark chapter 4, I'm going to read the meaning of the parable. In Mark chapter 4, verse 15, Jesus said, The one seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan at once come and take it away. You need to guard your seed. Guard your seed. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy, but because they don't have root, deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or they are per persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's words, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth and the desire for other things so that no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much has been planted. Let's examine our hearts this morning. Have we produced fruit in our Christian lives? Has the storms of this life come and robbed us of our faith? Has the pursuit of wealth and riches and luxuries and things captivated our heart and our desire? Church, nothing will be secure. The only thing that is secure in this life is what you plant in the house of God, in the kingdom of God. And the devil will bring storms in your life. He will bring trials in your life. He will bring worries and concerns of this life. That's why we're in an economic turmoil in this world. Everybody's going through a trial. Everybody's facing situations. Because the enemy knows that if he can bring a trial, if he could bring worry, then he can steal seeds. From the lives of people. So secure your seed from the cares and the worries of this life. The devil has only one plan. And that is to keep your heart so hard. That the seed planted in your life will not give root. And give fruit. So church it's time to get planted. And it's time to get rooted. Because as we heard last week. Unless we're planted and rooted. A storm will come your way. And you will be uprooted. There will be people here that are no longer will be here. We need to trust in God and depend on him and set our GPS on him like never before. 
You may not see his footsteps. You may not see where he's leading you. But God is leading you. He has a future hope for you. And your hope will not be cut off. Don't put your trust and hope in this world's economy. Don't put your trust and your hope in these world's leaders. Because they're leading us out of the path of God. And put your hope and trust and faith in God. And discern who are those voices that are speaking prophetically. Listen to those who are leading you and guarding you and guiding you to God's plan and purpose for your life. There is coming a day, a great trial that we haven't ever seen. Now, I'm not a prophet, but I know this one thing for sure. That as the days get darker, people will begin to run and hide. But Jesus said, now is not a time to shrink back. Amen. Now is the time to stand our ground. Now is the time like ever before to be rooted, to know we've been waiting for too long to give up now. I want to end with this verse. God is the God of your storm. He's the God of your trial. He's the God of your circumstance. The Lord has no equal. He says in Isaiah 40 verse 12, who else has held the oceans in his hand? You know that Red Sea, ocean, that the Israelites crossed, a path that he made where there seemed to be no way was a path on his hand. You may be in an ocean. You may be in a storm of life, but he's carrying you on his hand. Who has measured off the heavens with his fingers? Who else knows the weight of the earth or has weighed the mountains and hills on a scale? Who is able to advise the Spirit of the Lord? Who knows enough to give him advice or to teach him? Has the Lord ever needed anyone's advice? Does he need instruction about what is good? Did someone teach him what is right or show him the path of justice? God knows everything. God knows the way in, and he knows the way out.